hare hare jaya radha kalachanji radha kalachanji radhe jaya radha kalachanji radha kalachanji radhe jaya jaya jagannath 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 jaya jaya jagannath jaya jaya jagannath 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 jaya jaya jagannath jaya jaya baladev 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 jaya jaya baladev jaya jaya baladev 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 jaya jaya baladev jaya jaya subhadra 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 jaya jaya subhadra jaya jaya subhadra 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 jaya jaya subhadra jaya jaya gornitai 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 jaya jaya gornitai jaya jaya gornitai 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 jaya jaya gornitai nitai guru hari bol hari bol hari bol nitai guru hari bol nitai guru hari bol hari bol hari bol nitai guru hari We are continuing to read from Canto 1 Srimad Bhagavatam, Chapter 11, Text 10, regarding Lord Krishna's entrance into Dwarka. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Gyanyana Timarandasya Gananjanam Chalakaya Chakshuan Militam Yena Ashma Shri Guru Venamaha So text 10, um, yes, Prabhu, thank you. So text 10 has actually two sets of a shloka, but it's still text 10. Katambayam nata chiroshita twayi. Prashana drisha kila tapa shoshanam jivena te sundara hasa shobitam apashamana vandanam manoharam katamvaya nata chiroshita twayi prashana drisha kila tapa shoshana jivami te sundara has shobitam apashamana vandanam manoharam Tamvaya natachiroshita twayi prashana drishyakila 
Tapashoshanam Divamite Tam Sundara Hasasobitam Apashamana Vandana Manoharam. The second portion of text 10. Iti Chodirita Vacha Prajanam Bhakta Vatsalya Shridvano Nugraham Dristya Vitavan Pradishat Puram Iti Chodrita Vacha Pradhanam Bhakta Vasala Shivano Nugraham Dristya Vitavan Pradishat Puram Iti Chodirita Vacha Prajanam Bhakti Vatsalya Shrivano Nugraham Dristya Vitanvam Pradishat Puram Anyone that wants to repeat this shloka? Oh, Mataji has both of them up there. Ah, she's very expert. You never know what she's going to do, but she's going to do whatever needs to be done. (laughs) Wonderful. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Ah, let's see now. Hmm. Natam, how? Vayam, we. Nata, oh Lord. Suroshite, being abroad almost always. Twayi, by you. Rashana, satisfaction. Dritsya, by the glance. Akila, universal. Tapa, miseries. Shoshonam, vanquishing. Jivamam, shall be able to live. Te, your. Sundara, beautiful. Hasa, smiling. Shobitam, decorated. Apashamanaha, without seeing. Vandanam, face. Manoharam, attractive. Iti, thus. Cha and Udaritaha speaking Vachaha words Prajanam of the citizens Bhakta Vatsalya kind to the devotees Srivanaha thus learning Anugraham kindness Ritya by glances Vitanvan Distributing, Pradishat, entered, Puram, Dwakarapuri. The translation here is, O Master, if you live abroad all the time, then we cannot look at your attractive face, whose smiles vanquish all our sufferings. How can we exist without your presence? Upon hearing their speeches, the Lord, who is very kind to the citizens and the devotees, entered the city of Dwarka and acknowledged all their greetings by casting his transcendental glance over them. Purport, Lord Krishna's attraction is so powerful that once being attracted by him, one cannot tolerate separation from him. 
Why is this so? Because we are all eternally related with him. As the sun rays are eternally related with the sun disk. The sun rays are molecular parts of the solar radiation. Thus, the sun rays and the sun cannot be separated. The separation by the cloud is temporary and artificial. And as soon as the cloud is cleared, the sun rays again display their natural effulgence in the presence of the sun. Similarly, the living entities who are molecular parts of the whole spirit are separated from the Lord by the artificial covering of maya, illusory energy. This illusory energy or the curtain of maya has to be removed. And when it is so done, the living entity can see the Lord face to face. And all his miseries are at once removed. Every one of us wants to remove the miseries of life, but we do not know how to do it. The solution is given here, and it rests on us to assimilate it or not. As always, there is always a lesson in the scriptures, in each of the texts, throughout all of the Vedic literature. And sometimes, if you're lucky, you get to have different experiences before speaking on the lecture. And I think that's fascinating because if we are really giving our attention to our surroundings as devotees, and mostly as devotees that have taken diksha, because they've laid their desires, their faults, all of the things that are holding them back, they've laid it on the line and given it to Guru. And this is a very powerful exchange because initially when you're taking diksha, you see it as all of your problems being eliminated. What's true is that any of your imperfections, your uh, inadequacies is pretty strong, but any problems that you're having throughout life that you've had to deal with, you give them to Guru. It does not mean that if there are things that you have done in the past, there will not be some type of payment for it. However, when the payment is due, because you've taken diksha, the price is not so severe. And the example of that is, uh, 
Uh, let's say you have cut off someone's leg. No doubt because you shouldn't have in previous lives. Who knows which life it was, but let's say you did. Well, now you have come to the Lord. You have taken Diksha. You have offered everything to Guru who offers it up to his Guru who offers it up to the Parampara. And then you think you're done, but you're not. Because at some point in time, you are going to pay for that limb that you took off. So instead of you losing a limb, you may break a finger. Now, that's a really simplistic way of describing what happens when you take Diksha, but Diksha is so important on so many levels. But I'm saying that to say, It is not easy to be a devotee. It is not easy. It is not easy at all. But the rewards are amazing. As a matter of fact, it's like the process of making a diamond. Now, I don't know how long it takes to grind coal to the point where it becomes a diamond, but you need to understand that there's a lot of pressure applied to that coal before it becomes a diamond. Now, using a similar example with devotees, we are going to have some challenges in our lives as devotees. Look at it as everyone being in their own particular shower and cleansing themselves of all of their dirty issues or dirty habits or things that are not pure. Everyone is at different degrees of cleansing or purification. So when you step into the role of a devotee, in actuality, all of us are devotees, from previous lifetimes, but sometimes we get lost in Maya and we forget, so we have to, we need to take Diksha to remember all over again. And I'm leading up to the point where the devotees in Dwarka have missed the Lord so much and their expressions, as, as has been given in the previous text, leads us to believe that it was as if no sun was shining while the Lord was away from Dwarka. They were bereft of happiness, peace. But in order to feel that way about anyone, there has to be some personal exchange that takes place. That's how I wanted to start off the text, the, uh, the, the lecture today. And then Krishna arranges things in such amazing ways. Ordinarily, I do one service in the morning. No more, because it's intense. It is intense. Saying that to say, uh, let me put this properly. 
if you want to understand bits of the Srimad Bhagavatam, if you want to experience it, come to the temple and do service. There are so many levels of lessons that you get from doing service in the temple. And they all correlate with some experience, to my knowledge, or based on my experience. They all correlate to experiences that devotees have had in the Vedas to be a little bit clearer on that uh, without stepping on toes. It's very important that we learn how um, to interact with each other regardless of where we came from, what our personal baggage is. And I've noticed it in Pretty much every temple that I've gone to, especially if I spent some time there, um, no temple that I've been to has been without, you know, certain areas that need refining and retuning and sometimes modification. And that's another thing. People have to be open and receptive to modifications and changes. It's in the scriptures. You read a point, and it says, okay, this is what you do. And you will read a little bit further, and there's an, there's an adjustment to that point where it says what you do. There may be something additional that's added on to it. So through the scriptures, we need to learn how to be flexible. We need to understand that none of us are perfect, We need to look for the good in everyone. Some of us are most expert in finding out the faults in everyone. Oh, this person is not doing this right. This Oh, nope, you don't do that right. Nope, that's not the way you do it. It's very easy to do that. And I mentioned in the past that it's more important to see the good in someone. If you're finding fault, what can you do to help that individual? Because at that point, you've become a little puffy or puffed up. Now, this is a broad statement that I'm making, and it really is leading to text 10. I think about the citizens of Dwarka. What did the Lord give them that was so powerful that when he left Dwarka, they were heartbroken, they were saddened. And you're not that way about anyone unless there's been some special exchange between the two of you. And like no one else in the universe the Lord can have a very special exchange with each and every one of us. And it's up to us based on our sincerity and how well we learn our instructions on how to change previous habits from the past. 
It's up to us as to what type of rasa or relationship we have with the Lord. Makes a big difference. Now, even in temples, when they're run properly, leadership gives an individual an opportunity to correct the mistake instead of removing them. This is very proper. Similar, and not comparing leaders to Krishna, but similar to Krishna. Krishna gives us so many opportunities to get it right. Okay, you didn't get it right with this body. Okay, I'll give you another body. You'll come back again. Oh, didn't get it right this time. Okay, so I'll give you another body. You'll come back again. He is always giving us an opportunity. And this is part of establishing a relationship with someone. We as devotees should be in the mood of being a servant of the servant of the servant, of being in the mood that in addition to us eliminating our issues and our errors and our false egos, if there is an opportunity to help someone else, you do it. If there is not an opportunity to say something positive, don't open your mouth. Krishna is, in a way, like that. He's forgiving us each time we do something that is not correctly in line. But then he is so amazing that he gives us lessons on how to adjust ourselves and how to properly be at peace with each other, how to surrender with each, to each other. All of this is in the scriptures. And as I've mentioned often, if we read Srila Prabhupada's books, if we read the scriptures, every lesson in life is there. Any experience that we can have, Wrong, right, whatever the experience is, somewhere in the Vedic scriptures, it's happened somewhere. But as I said this morning, I thought, okay, sometimes if people are not going through and reading Srila Prabhupada's books, Krishna arranges that they have the lessons that are in the book. And that's what I was experiencing, um, not just this morning, but different times when you're doing service. Um, what's important is that whatever you're doing, you are trying to develop the best possible relationship. Because that's what Krishna had with the devoted the uh, citizens in Dwarka. He had excellent relationship with them so that when he departed, they missed him. If you're a terrible character and you leave somewhere, nobody misses you. That is why individually when we have an opportunity, we should always work on our character, our personalities, whether we're married, whether we're in a, a relationship or a friendship. We should constantly be working on ourselves because at some point, these selves or these souls are going to eventually leave these bodies. And you have to have an idea of some destination 
where you're going. Now, when you're following the rules and regulations of God consciousness, Krishna consciousness, you pretty much know, well, if you do this, this is where you're going. If you do that, that's where you're going. But the simplest part, and sometimes the hardest part, is just to learn basic lessons. Because it's real simple. You want to be able to be in a position to serve others. If you are in a position where you have amassed an amount of Lakshmi or or, uh, opulence, you don't let it puff you up. You show gratefulness for it, and you give something back whenever something is given to you. And not like it's a business arrangement, but when something is given to you and you don't expect it, I feel obligated to give something back. If someone gives me um, a garland, even if it wasn't on the altar, if someone gives me something that I'm not expecting, I am really grateful because it's not a given that that person is supposed to give that to me. So I show some appreciation. In life, we show appreciation for the relationships that we have because like the Ivanta Brahmana, there is a lesson. Um, Was it the Ivanta Brahmana where there's a lesson in practically any creature that he comes across, any experience, there's always a lesson. Now, we may not be as fortunate to have the association of the Lord and have experiences and lessons that the citizens of Dwarka have, but here is this arena right here in the temple where you can go through the ins and outs and the ups and the downs of the scriptures and hopefully find a common ground where you have the understanding of what makes a great relationship. What makes it important, and not necessarily that the person has to miss you, but what is it what does it take to make a friendship? It's exchange. It's helping each other without any desire behind it. But the point I was getting around to eventually was the feeling of the citizens of Dwarka. So... One of the things that would help us is, oh, repetition. You read the scriptures, if you read the scriptures, there is repetition continuously throughout. If it's, it can be said one way in one particular chapter, you go a couple of chapters later, same point is made, but it's different. And that's good, too, because we all relate to things differently. Some people can handle the straight from the scripture, the lecture. They can handle it. They, they understand the impact of the statements, the, the shlokas, the translations, the purports. Others, I say who are very deep, like to have it broken down so that it's understandable and easy to follow. Ordinarily, in the material world, when there's repetition, repetition, People are bored. If 
Me, personally, for instance, if someone comes to me and repeats something, I got it. But if you constantly repeat the same thing over and over again, you have lost me. We have to pay special attention to the scriptures and the repetition there because that is for our benefit. This is not material information. This is spiritual information. This is high-powered. This is high, higher knowledge. And the repetition is necessary because in this material world we can be so distracted that a very powerful lesson can just pass us by because we are so distracted in the material world. So it has been written and handed down, and Srila Prabhupada has written the books, in a way that there is repetition and there's a purpose behind it. Eventually, you will get what is being said. Uh, the other point that I wanted to make is when you're reading the Srimad Bhagavatam and the Bhagavad Gita, I find that you get more from it when you're reading the Srimad Bhagavatam and if there's a point and a reference about the Bhagavad Gita, go back to the Bhagavad Gita and it breaks it down so that you can understand it better. That pretty much worked for me. I'm still getting to the point where the citizens of Dwarka have developed an affection for the Lord and now they're showing it in their moods. And in the Bhagavad Gita, I think it was the fourth chapter, it discusses the process of the Lord, why he's here, when he comes, what the purpose is. And all of this, after reading it, helps you to understand that there is even a process in learning how to love the Lord in such a way that we develop a separation anxieties from him. We can have a personal relationship with him, just like the citizens of Dwarka. These are some of the steps that lead to how you can process a relationship with the Lord. Let's see, text four. I mean, chapter four. Text two. And these are all steps. Most of you might, well, some of you that are listening now in person and those that will listen as it's recorded and sent to you later in other parts of the world may be able to grasp this because you can play it over and over again. This supreme science, this is text 2, chapter 4. This supreme science was received through the chain of disciplic succession and the saintly kings understood it in that way. But in course of time, the succession was broken and therefore the science as it appears, as it is, appears to be lost. Well, think of it in a way that right now, whatever you're going through, in a sense, we've lost contact with the scriptures. 
And the purpose behind Srila Prabhupada's putting, writing the, the books and breaking down the scriptures for us is to connect back again to what we knew previously. We knew it perfectly. We understood our relationship with the Lord. And it wasn't difficult. It wasn't difficult at all to feel that longing for him and to that longing for him and to miss him when he was away. And it goes on to describe in uh, chapter 4, text 3. Well, let's see, it's a little personal. That very ancient science of the relationship with the Supreme. And this is um, between Arjuna and, and Krishna. Is being told to me, told by me, the Lord, to you because, Arjuna, you are my devotee as well as my friend and can therefore understand the transcendental mystery of this science. Krishna treats us, if we are following the rules and regulations properly, as friends. Otherwise, if you don't feel a friendship with the Lord or some attachment, something's wrong. The other script, the other text, the one thing we should meant, we should remember and never forget, because you have individuals that reach a certain height in Krishna consciousness, and they feel that they know so much that they're almost like God, and that's a dangerous level. Because in text five. It tells you directly, you cannot ever be God. The reason? The personality of God said, many, many births by you and I have passed. I can remember all of them, but you cannot. No one is able to do this. No one is able to do this, at least in my limited lifetime, I've not passed anyone that's ever been able to challenge the Lord. And actually, an intelligent individual would be wasting their time to challenge the Lord because they'd have to go back to their creation and where they were and from where they've come. Chapter 4 again, text 6. Of course, it breaks down the soul and it clarifies that no matter how many times, how many bodies you have, that soul is eternal. Although I am unborn and my transcendental body never deteriorates, and although I am the Lord of all living entities, by my internal energy, I still appear in every millennium in my original transcendental form. Seven, whenever... And wherever there is a decline in religious practice, all descendant of Bharat, and a predominant rise of irreligion, at that time I descend myself. And I try not to use this so much because of the current situation that's going on, but if you're thinking about it, if you're thinking about what's going on, oh boy, this is another one where I make a statement and I can't take it back. You have to understand that 
the Lord is completely in control. I won't say that the Lord tossed this virus out there. No. He's perfect and complete, he is. But the energy that we share with each other sometimes is not the best energy. And sometimes, in the Lord's magnificent, magnanimous way, wars are not stopped. Wars take place, fighting takes place sometimes to wean out those that are troublemakers, those that are not adding anything to the value of spiritual consciousness, those that are behaving as if there is no Lord and no tomorrow. That's just being simplistic. And I actually feel that when situations are arriving like this, the Lord is in a way with us. Never, ever have you ever been alone in your life. Never. And understand that when we go through crises like this, he's even more available and he's even more there with you than ever before. I'll read two more and then we'll get back to uh, text 10. These are things that we have to think of and we have to, to strive for in order to feel this way as the residents or uh, the residents of Dwork are feeling. One who knows the transcendental nature of my appearance and activities does not, upon leaving the body, take his birth again in this material world, but attains my eternal abode, O Arjun. Being free from attachment, fear, and anger, being fully absorbed in me and taking refuge in me, many, many persons in the past become purified by knowledge of me, and thus they all attain transcendental love for me. When you have an opportunity to turn on the Internet and tap into a lecture by guru, by bona fide guru, you are taking the opportunity to become familiar with the Lord's dealings, the Lord's words, and the Lord's instructions. When you have an opportunity to come to the temple, even if the speech is three hours long, find something in that lecture or speech to take back with you because if one is reading from the scripture, there is something perfect there for everyone in the audience to grasp. And you usually get the information that you need at the time. Just like when you open the scriptures and pick a page, it's always exactly what you need. I'm not going to go any further into... Um, into uh, uh, the transcendental knowledge because actually it is the transcendental knowledge that the Dwarka residents have acquired. But they have had an unusual relationship with the Lord, one that we cannot possibly have today. But if we follow the rules and regulations the requirements of a devotee, of a spiritually conscious person. If we follow it and surrender, especially when you're taking diction, you surrender to the Lord. Whatever it is, surrender it. 
because you have to be in the position of a servant. Why would I not be in a position of someone who is followed, who has watched me lifetime after lifetime, who's taken care of this soul, and who's given me the opportunity to be in the presence of other devotees to learn from the scriptures? This is a lifetime opportunity. And as I've mentioned many times, many people can pass by the door of this temple and never be able to come in. I remember in Detroit, there were, we had this, these broad iron gates. And there would be people in the neighborhood that would actually be afraid to come in based on rumors and whatnot. They actually thought <laughs> that, that we ate the peacocks that were on site. They didn't know. This is the sad thing about knowledge. If you don't get it right, you could miss an opportunity of a lifetime. To miss the Lord, one has to surrender, and one has to understand that there's nothing that they could possibly do that the Lord cannot do better. One has to accept the fact that they are servant. Not the typical servant that we talk about today. When we talk about servant, it's in a condescending way. It's like, you serve this person, that person. In the temple, when we're talking about serving someone, it should be in the mood, a highly elevated mood of service. Because when we perform service in the temple, we're actually performing it for Krishna. Not that he needs it, but he likes to know that devotees get along and that they're able to serve each other. There is a process behind this serving, and it's much higher than what we're realizing in this material world. The other point is that how do we ever come to the idea of there being happiness behind what we do, behind serving? Sometimes we have to take the purification as it comes, Sometimes we have to take the hard knocks that come along the way. There's always a purpose behind it if it's given properly. It is most difficult. It is most difficult to surrender, to love someone, if you have not had a loving, peaceful exchange. And this is some of the process that I would imagine the residents of Dwarka have gone through. You, in this current lifetime, if you're following the procedures and the process of Krishna consciousness, you can also have an opportunity to come face-to-face -face with the Lord. You can also have an opportunity to have conversations with the Lord. But these things we try not to speak of. Uh, we try not to, to broadcast those things, but it is very, very possible. When you have that understanding that the Lord is a unique individual who can have a relationship with each and every one of us, once you develop that relationship, Try leaving the temple for a while and see if you miss the Lord. I can go away to uh, um, another country, 
And of course, wherever I'm going, I'm trying to make sure there's a temple there. But I miss the association of devotees here in Kalachanjidam. When I was in uh, Michigan, I missed the devotees there. And it's a good thing to miss because then you keep developing an affection for the Lord. The purpose, one of the main purposes of us living at this time in this world is to understand that we have an eternal relationship with the Lord, that we have always had an eternal relationship with the Lord, and that we have forgotten. We are so covered over that we have forgotten it. And as the... Uh, let's say material. Let's say it. And as the material dust clears from our consciousness, we will relate to each other in a sweeter way, in a loving way, because that is the way we were before we entered the material world. In Krishna Loka, everything is complete. Even the grass sings. The trees, they're all in bliss. Totally in bliss. And we've forgotten our bliss. We've forgotten how to feel it. And that's another reason why it's good to be a devotee. Because no matter what you go through, no matter how many times you have to grind your teeth, count to ten, breathe slowly, and calm down, the ultimate result is that you're going through a purifying process. If it's done right, you're going through a purifying process. And tolerate tolerated. Just, just tolerate it. Now, I'm not saying that we should be doormats for anyone. But when you understand that whatever it is you're going through is for your highest good, and it will enhance the relationship that you have been trying to develop with the Lord, you will probably go through hell and back to develop the love that the residents of Dwarka have developed for the Lord, wherever he goes, wherever he has devotees. He's missed. Mathura uh, in Vrindavan, yes, he's missed. But he's eternally situated in, uh, in Vrindavan. But when residents from Vrindavan go away, they do miss him still. Getting back to text 10 again. We are given solutions on how to recognize the Lord what his qualities are, what a relationship is like, having one with the Lord. And we're given all the necessary instructions on how to get to that point. How to get to that point where we were permanently in love with each other and with Krishna. Now, it is totally up to us 
as hopefully sane individuals when you're reading the scriptures. And then even at the end of Srimad Bhagavatam's uh, cantos, it tells you in essence, as the last line here in text 10 states, the solution is given here and it rests on us to assimilate it or not. In essence, the instructions are given here, and it is up to each and every one of us to either accept it or reject it. Personally, from experience, it is worth everything to accept it is worth everything to accept the instructions of the scriptures. Anytime you're having a consistently bad time, and I mean just continuously, yes, as a devotee you'll have ups and downs, but if you are consistently having really hard times, go back to the instructions of the scriptures. See what it is that you're not doing. Because for perfection, all is in the scriptures. Everything we need to do to understand, to get back to the Lord, it's in the scriptures. It's just a matter of putting our false eagles aside and understanding that the most perfect, the most perfect individual in the world to surrender to, who will reciprocate with pure love, is Lord Krishna. Not like a wife or a husband or a son or a daughter or a relative. It would be perfect love. So take to the instructions of Srila Prabhupada, read Srila Prabhupada's books, follow the process of devotional service, and eventually, if we're fortunate, in this lifetime, we may have an opportunity to go back to Godhead. But then if your head is very hard and you do not get the lessons, you will repeatedly be given bodies until you get it right. Again, the Lord entering Dwarka, this is the feeling of the devotees, of the residents. O Master, if you live abroad all the time, then we cannot look at your attractive face, whose smiles vanquish all our sufferings. How can we exist without your presence? Upon hearing their speeches, the Lord, who was very kind to the citizens and the devotees, entered the city of Dwarka and acknowledged all their greetings by casting his transcendental glance over them. And if you see Radhakala Chanji or any of his many manifestations, his, his forms, once you recognize that glance from Krishna, it's almost like your life is complete because you know he's acknowledged you. You know he knows who you are. And you knows that he is trying to get you back home to where you belong. 
No one wants us more to get back to Krishna Loka than Krishna. Of course, Guru wants us to get back also. So no matter what's going on in the world at any point in time, remember that Krishna is in control. Understand that whatever it is, it will not last forever. And understand that as you take to the process of devotional service, when you follow it as best you can, even if your chanting is a little inadequate, Krishna understands that you're trying to do the best you can. What we have to do is to keep trying. It's like getting on a horse, falling, getting back on the horse. Get back on the devotional train. Get back on the devotional path. When you're doing service in the temple especially, realize, yes, you are serving an individual, but ultimately it's for Krishna with the understanding he doesn't need anything, but he likes to see the fact that we understand service is important. It's also important for us to get along. It is like a thorn in the bottom of Guru's foot when his disciples are not getting along. Can you imagine how it feels when Krishna sees us not interacting in such a way that we are peaceful with each other? So, I will end at this point, and of course, I'm always guaranteed to go in a roundabout manner to get to the point, but I always take my instructions as they come. One thing that you can take from this, and if nothing else, never let go of Krishna consciousness, no matter what stumbling blocks are along the road, no matter what one has to go through, go through it. It is worth everything. It is worth everything in the world to go through the process on the devotional path. The rewards are unlimited, and the relationships are fantastic. That's what we're trying to do here in this material world, in the temples. Let's get it right here so we can take it outside that door and show it to others and expand the understanding of Krishna consciousness. So, I'll end at this point. Prabhu, I know that you've heard some of it. If there's anything, if there's anything you wanted to comment on or add, feel free to do so. Or if everything was explained completely for your understanding. <laughs> yes, because I, I did comment that I didn't think I didn't think I could take my own instructions. I can only take what you were saying let's do it right here in the temple and then bring it out the doors and show people basically you were, you were alluding to like let's get our relationships harmonious and let's work in the Vaikuntha spirit you know in the loving 
exchanges. What if it, it seems like after decades, or you know, you still, or even you know, you see that's that's like it seems like that's the hardest um, instruction to follow. Like Prabhupada says, you'll show your love for me by how you cooperate with each other, and to cooperate in a certain sense is somewhat possible. But then when it gets, you know. The nitty gritty, let's say, <laughs> you know, when when you when you're okay, we're gonna do this. We're gonna vax. We're not gonna vax. You know, when it gets to the point, like, okay, we're gonna go this way, that way. I mean, if you if you create distance, okay, yeah, I can cooperate if it, <laughs> there's no issues to mesh out. So, I mean, to say like, it seems a very uh, hard thing to do, and then sometimes. Um, Disappoint or discouraging when it's when it's not uh, harmonious. When you see it in your own relationships, or you see it in your community, then you feel like, "Geez, I've been chanting decades, and it's it's like not easy to." So what 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 to do there? What to do? What to do? What to do? Well, you know, in the situation that you are talking about because it was a broad situation. It's If you're seeing that constantly, wherever you are, no matter how hard you try, and that's, that's, that's a key point too, no matter how hard you try, things don't seem to be changing and things are not getting better, just off the top of my head, I would say, what are some of the things that you are repeatedly seeing that are not getting better? Are you looking at the whole picture and a particular situation? Are you talking about a broader picture of more than one location. First, see what you can do to enhance the uh, um, the particular situation. When you have done as much as you can do, and that's the key thing, you have to know when you have done as much as you can do, and you will know it. You will know that I have tried year after year. I've done this. We've talked about that. We've pushed it aside. It's happened again and again. When it is beginning to trample over your creeper, when it is beginning to affect your spiritual devotion, it might be a time or an opportunity where you look around you and see, well, it's going to take them forever to get their act together because from what I understand, this has been going on for a long time and I've done everything I've tried to do and right now it's beginning to affect my devotional service. I don't know what else I can do. I've done as much as I can do without it harming me mentally or physically. That might be the time to think 
of going, trying another location, having a different experience somewhere else. You may go through a couple of them before you find the right niche. That's how devotees move around. That's how they come to a point where they're absolutely enjoying where they are. I would not say that it's a negative thing. Sometimes you really have to move, remove yourself from the situation, especially when it's affecting you. And I, I'm, I'm sure a lot of us have done that. Um, when I left Michigan, it was, it was for help, mainly the cold weather mainly the cold weather, and then you get to a point in a a temple where you've done as much as you can do. You have grown as much as you can do under those circumstances, and you need a change of scenery. That was also me. Now, I understand no place on the material planet is perfect. There's going to be some confusion. There's going to be some inconsistency, believe it or not, as a devotee. As a matter of fact, most of your biggest problems are going to come from devotees. They really are. You're close to them. Those that are close to you are going to hurt you and annoy you the most. But when you feel that you have done as much as you can do, when you have said as much as you can say, and when you're getting a response continuously, a broad response from a majority, and they have no intention of changing, even though they know the scriptures backwards and forwards. It's one thing to know the scriptures backwards and forwards. It's another thing to follow it. And you, I know you wouldn't be amazed because you've been around for a while. It's really still amazing to see people that can, oh, they're so fluent in the shloka, they know it. They can pull it off the top of their head, but are they following it? No. Sometimes those situations are very discouraging. And as I said, when you look at yourself and you know that you've done as much as you could do, you've really done as much as you can do. In your heart, you know Krishna knows, oh, this devotee's done as much as they can do. And you know the circumstances around you are not changing and it is beginning to affect you, then that might be an opportunity where you will evaluate where you are and where you might later need to be. Does that make sense? Without just saying leave it, you know, Back to the basics. Mm-hmm. And, and most of the time, um, it is about fine-tuning what we're doing because I remember someone saying, when you're pointing your finger at someone, how many fingers are pointing back at you? And that must be the reason why 
uh, guru says, before you find fault in someone else, what are you doing first? And I absolutely did not want to hear that from my guru. (laughs) But he said a lot of things that I didn't want to hear because it meant I had to correct myself. But when you understand your relationship with your guru, whether he's in his body or not, when you understand Krishna consciousness, when you know that you've done everything you could do, and when you know that Krishna knows that you've done everything you can do, sometimes Krishna kind of tells you, well, it's time for you to move on, or it's time for you to be here or there. I never would have picked Texas. I never would have picked Dallas, Southern. Even though I begin this life material body in the southern area. I never would have picked a southern area. But for now, Krishna has me here, and I'm here for as long as he wants me to be here, and if I need to make some adjustments and change, then I'll go wherever he wants to go. But we have to be in a mood of surrender so that we don't become so attached to where we are that we don't move, even it's even if it's for the benefit of our sadhana, we have to be careful of those attachments. So yes, there sometimes there are times when you really have to look at yourself, and other times it's like it's time to it's time to move on. Oh, I did, didn't I? How about that? Hadn't even thought about that. Must be something auspicious there. If I think about it long enough, there must be something there. But, but you brought up a good point. You brought up a good point that some, sometimes unsettling with devotees when they have, they know they're doing the best they can. Even in relationships. And in relationships, it gets a little hairy. It gets a little funny because even in, in marital relationships, you, you tell God you t- for better or for worse. Sometimes you have no idea how worse it could be. No idea. But lots of people are finding out during the pandemic that I'm spending too much time with you. You're beginning to get on my nerve. It it happens. Anytime there is some mm, discord, look at yourself first before you say, okay, it's not me, it's them. Ball means do that first. Then, whatever the response is, take the initiative and either work it out there or move on and work it somewhere else. And as I said, you may need to go to a couple of locations. One may need to go to a couple of locations until they feel like home. Right now, I feel like this is home. Tomorrow, the Lord can flip the the, the script. I have no idea, but we have to be flexible enough to have the ability to move when he says move. But thank you. That was a good point. Um, very good point, Prabhu. So um, as I always say, it takes a lot to get up in the morning, especially with the world in the condition that it's in. So thank you for being here, those that were here and left, and those that have come, uh, and those that will hear this individually. Um, Srimad Bhagavatam Ki Jai, Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai.
Jai Gaur Pamananda. Haribo, Hare Krishna.